This morning, we are so grateful that we have the joy of welcoming Reverend Richard Coleman to our pulpit today. So, Pastor Coleman, if you'd come on up. Pastor Coleman is um, a dear friend, uh, someone who is a wonderful co-laborer. We have had the opportunity of getting to know one another over the last um, several years, beginning back many years ago when, um, through some prayer gatherings that were happening in Minneapolis, I think we began to connect back then, and um, out of that began a friendship. I've, I've discovered something, probably the most substantial friendships are those friendships that get birthed out of prayer. I don't know why that is, but somehow when you actually um, get to know a person's heart in the spirit first, somehow it opens up that natural place of friendship as well. And so um, as we've prayed together over the years, as we've shared together over these many years, as we have had the opportunity to um, co-labor on a variety of things, our paths cross throughout the city and the various things God's doing. I have come to treasure um, this man's friendship and uh, his heart for the gospel and for the kingdom. And um, I consider him not only my friend, but a friend of this house. And uh, as uh, Pastor Sam and I were praying into the new year and the year to dream, uh, just the Lord put in my heart to welcome Pastor Coleman. He'll be with us this morning and in Minneapolis this evening uh, just to bring the word of the Lord to us. Uh, as you know, we are recognizing and remembering this weekend uh, Martin Luther King uh, Jr. and tomorrow his birthday and remembrance of that. And uh, we are delighted to welcome Pastor Coleman into this house today. And I'd like to invite you to join me in a warm welcome today. Say thank you, Pastor. Pastor, so glad to be here with you. Um, you know, this is this is Bethel Christian Fellowship. This is a place uh, where we might come as guests. I'm paraphrasing, right? But we will leave as friends, right? <laughs> I got the spirit of it. Okay, I, I can hear that now. All right. I got the spirit of that. And uh, your pastor is, as you know, a wonderful man of God uh, for this house and uh, for for our cities. It's an honor to be here to share with uh, uh, Pastor and uh, Mrs. Olson and his family. Thank you so much for um, this opportunity uh, to come. And we thank God for this wonderful, wonderful team of prayer warriors and uh, uh, our our worship leader this morning and our our musicians that have helped us to touch uh, the heart of God with our praise and with our worship with our testimonies, with our prayers. Uh, we're inspired, and we are encouraged. And I thank God for my wife. Uh, this uh, 2012, this year, God blesses us to reach September 9th. We will be married 40 years. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. And uh, our last daughter, Morgan, is here youngest of our three, and uh, praise God for her, and my first grandson, grandchild, Richard, and uh, so we thank God that they're able to join us this morning. Um, 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I, I think I do feel like singing a little bit. Amen. <laughs> there are some things I may not know. There are some places I can't go, but I am sure of this one thing, that God is real, for I can feel him deep within. Yes, God is real. He's real in my soul. Yes, God is real, for he has washed and made me whole. Oh, his love for me is like pure gold. Yes, God is real, for I can feel him in my soul. I cannot tell just how you felt when Jesus took your sin away. But since that day, oh yes, since that hour, God has been real for I can feel his holy power, and oh, yes, God is real. He's real in my soul. Yes, God is real, for he has washed and made me whole. Oh, his love for me, oh, it's just like pure gold. Yes, God is real, for I can feel him in my soul. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> my, 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 my. Woo. Let me preach the text and not the song. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we give you thanks and praise for your great faithfulness toward us, Lord. We're not deserving, but as we have been inspired, Lord God, to remember by way of these testimonies, your grace and your mercy, we just say thank you. And um, in humility, Lord, and a reverential fear of you, there is also this joy. And this confidence that we have, this which we cannot explain. How, O oh God, we walk before you knowing that we are, O oh Lord God, even as grass. That our lives, Lord, are even as vapors. And yet you think so highly of us that you invested your own son's life 
made it possible by way of your word and your spirit and the fellowship of saints that we can grow in this knowledge of you and in this grace and that we can live a life, Lord God, of victory, this moment called life, and then live an eternity with you, O God, over there. And so, Lord, let now our hearts be open to receive your word and grant it, O Father, that miracles will happen in this room in this hour. Grant it, dear God, that every soul in this room will find harbor in Jesus Christ. Grant it, O Father, that every need will be met and every question, O Father God, will be answered and every problem resolved. But we come to you, Lord God, our God, God of our fathers and of our mothers, the ancient of days, the God Almighty, the first and last and the beginning and the end. And we bless your holy name and we thank you in advance. The saints of God said amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My preaching assignment Today is um, from the text Psalm 126, and Holy Spirit directed me to focus on that first part of that uh, verse, and I'm preaching from the uh, New International uh, Version uh, this morning. And uh, it reads, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. And our subject on that text is our dream breaks our night. Say that with the person next to you. Our dream breaks our night. We have opportunity uh, today, January 15th, uh, to experience a convergence of events concerning the importance of diverse followers of Jesus Christ embracing a shared dream. The first event is this congregation's acceptance of its call to be a people who Dream, God, dream. And the second event is the observance of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birth and the national focus on his birthday, uh, on his I have a dream speech. And the third one, for the third event that converges here today, and this week is that we are seven months from the 49th year of that speech Dr. King delivered at the foot of the Lincoln Memorial. We are seven months from entering the 49th year of that speech. And we are in the beginning of 
a year of dreams in this house. So there is a unique opportunity for us to see the importance of sharing a dream in advancing the kingdom of God. Because our dream breaks our night. It seems right as uh, Bethel Christian Fellowship launches into this year, and as we are seven months from the 49th year of that great speech, uh, to consider the message of the dream speech. We so often lose the prophetic clarity amidst the eloquence of his words and presentation. King's desire, as is the desire of your pastor and anyone who speaks in the name of Jesus Christ, is for the hearer to embrace the message and to live into the truth the message brings. In 1963, amidst America's deep night of racism, Dr. King passionately shared his hope that America would be reconciled to the first and second great commandments, Jesus articulated, that we would love God with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind, and that we would love our neighbor as ourselves. He did not particularly cite that text, but that was the heart of the message. And that embracing that message and that great commandment of Jesus as a reconciled people, we would then live as witnesses to the gospel of the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That was Dr. King's desire. And it's desire of anyone who preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. The fulfillment of this dream has been delayed. It's all right to say, man. I believe in part because followers of Jesus have not owned the dream. Dr. King said, I have a dream. But a dream has no power in the lives of those who do not embrace it as their own. Bethel Christian Fellowship's mission concerns helping the people of this ministry to help others outside this ministry embrace a transformational dream of what it's like for diverse people to live together in faith and to destroy the works of the enemy together. Our text reveals how Judah, the people of God, relied on God's word to endure suffering while looking forward to their victory over oppression. In Christ, we're one. We're a fellowship. We're a house of God. We're a house of prayer. And God has a dream that shall be our dream. Apostle John caught glimpses of it 
as he wrote the revelation. Dream of multiple nations. In fact, all all nations, people from every ethnicity and tongue together, worshiping and glorifying the Lord ceaselessly. What a dream that black children and white children, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics. Yeah, what a dream. It is the dream of which Dr. King spoke. The dream that will break the night of separation and segregation that has afflicted the body of Christ. Again, our text, Psalm 126, says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. The people of Judah had been taken captive by Babylon, or Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, generations. And they suffered challenges to their faith during these generations, three or four generations perhaps, and each one would wonder, how long, Lord God, until you fulfill what you have spoken to your servants? It was a long, restless night of captivity. It was a night, a night in which the children of God were tired, they were wearied, they were worn, they were worried. It was a night, a night of dredging the drudgery and misery of the coming day. It was a night desiring to sleep a while longer. Just let me sleep through this night, but shaken awake by fears racing through the quarters of their minds. It was a night of praying for peace of mind. Hoping for peace of mind, for a way out, for a path forward. Praying for a miracle, praying for a change. Langston Hughes, a black author in the early part of the 20th century, uh, wrote these words, excerpt, these are excerpts of a poem entitled The Negro Mother. 300 years in the deepest south, but God put a song and a prayer in my mouth. God put a dream like steel in my soul. Now through my children I'm reaching the goal. Now through my children, young and free, I realize the blessings deed to me. I couldn't read then, I couldn't write. I had nothing back there in the night. Sometimes the valley was filled with tears. And I kept trudging on through the lonely years. Sometimes the road was hot with the sun, but I had to keep on till my work was done. I had to keep on. No stopping for me. I was the seed of the coming free. In their sleep, amidst the sleep came a dream. There are daydreams, but there's nothing 
like that which comes in the middle of the night. And here the Spirit of the Lord unfolded scenes of a better day. It was a dream that was communicated amongst the people. And the Spirit would remind them of God's mercy and of his omnipotence, of his omniscience, of his faithfulness. The Spirit would woo them to pray for deliverance because nothing happens without prayer. Dreams are wonderful, longing is wonderful, desire is wonderful, but without prayer, heaven does not move. The exiles from Judah were mindful of Isaiah's prophecies of more than 120 years earlier in which Jehovah, foreknowing Judah's captivity, told of their deliverance. 120 years before then, God gave a word to the prophet foretelling their deliverance from a captivity that they had not yet even entered into. 120 years earlier, God spoke even the name of the deliverer in his word through the prophet Isaiah. Hallelujah. And they were mindful of this prophecy. And they began to factor that into their nighttime experience. You know, it's one thing to just lay on your bed looking at the ceiling, but it's another thing to be able to pray through the night. They were mindful of Jeremiah's prophecy as well, that their captivity was for an appointed time. Jeremiah saw 70 years, and that that captivity would indeed end at an appointed time. How long, Lord? Based on God's word, they prayed for deliverance, and these prayers sowed, watered, and cultivated their dream. Their dream, while relating to their own lives and community, was also messianic. The dream of a new city. When you returned the fortunes of Zion, great city. This dream of a new city with a new and exceedingly glorious temple in its midst filled with the treasures of the first temple was truly about the literal city of Jerusalem and the coming Messiah. They dreamed of a city as did Father Abraham, a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Right as the Hebrews said in Hebrews 11 and 10. But the dream, that is Judah's dream, the dream God gave them seemed to tarry. And within this protracted night of oppression, of captivity, of waiting, of drudgering, of drudgery, of fearing the next day and wondering how long, God, will it be? This night of captivity persisted like a wintry blast lasting days and nights on end and weeks and months and years. When would this night of oppression break? 
Yeah, Judah. Dr. King had those thoughts. I'm sure he read the prophets. And I'm sure he saw some interesting parallels between the struggles and the night of captivity that Judah and Israel both faced again and again and again. And that which his ancestors experienced even in this beautiful place that he loved so much called America. The dream tarried. But then it happened. God is sovereign. And God moves when God moves. And when God moves, God And he moved. And he used Cyrus, a Persian king. The one Isaiah saw to conquer the province of Judah. To take Babylon captive there in Judah. And to set the captives free the people who had been held in captivity for 70 years in a moment by the hand of a man who did not know Jehovah, by the hand of a man who did not worship or fear Jehovah, but by a man who was unable to resist the power of God despite his lack of faith in God. Because when God moves, it doesn't matter whether it's a Democrat or Republican. When God moves, it doesn't matter if it's upon the rich or the poor. When God moves, it doesn't matter if it's a black child or a white child he uses, whom he chooses. When God moves, hallelujah, God moves. Yes, God. Hallelujah. All of this was fulfillment of Isaiah 44 and 28 and continuing to the 45th chapter of Isaiah. Written more than a century earlier. How glorious the faithfulness of our God is. And how beyond understanding is his wisdom and are his ways toward us. The people whom he loved so much that he gave his own. Hallelujah. The writer of the psalm, perhaps Ezra the priest, uh, recalls this event. You know, when the word was out. It happened. It happened. The dream has come true. And when they brought, hallelujah, the captain 
this from captivity to liberty in their land, in their city. Hallelujah! They were as people who dreamed. For 70 years they had dreamed. Multiple generations dreaming this dream. That Isaiah said one day, hallelujah, I will raise up a deliverer. We were as a people, or we were as men who dreamed. Now we all have dreams. We all have desires. And it's necessary for each of us to have a dream. But it's more important for us to share dreams. Let's say that again. It's important for us to have a dream. But it's more important for us to share a dream. They shared the dream of God. It was theirs. It was their dream that sustained them during those years and generations of degradation, deprivation, and suffering. The text indicates that dreaming was something the people did. They suffered as a community. They had fears as a community. They had doubts as a community. They experienced the night together. And they dreamed together. When the night finally broke and the new day dawned, those who had dreamed felt they were now living into their dream. Huh? They felt that they were now living into their dream. Could it be true? The reality they were now experiencing was like a dream come true. Because it was their dream that had been fulfilled, they cherished this new day of liberty as a treasure. Because it was the answer to their prayer. Oh, they had many prayers. And it's important to have prayers. But it's important and vital to share a prayer concerning a common vision and purpose that God has decreed. Bethel Fellowship is a house of those who dream. And as you know, Bethel in Hebrew means house of God. God said through the prophet that my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. But the genesis of that um, is in the book of Genesis. As a man of God, Jacob wrestled with the angel. And in, that, in the dream, in his dreaming, 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 heaven opened. And he said, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. And I didn't even know it. This is the house of God. This is the gate 
of heaven. Hallelujah. And the spirit of the Lord, hallelujah, was there with the man of God. Hallelujah, who dreamed a dream as he was on his way pursuing the purposes of God, seeking to be faithful to God. Hallelujah, he fell in a place where it was uncomfortable. It was not a pleasant place. It was not a place of comfort, but it was the place God allowed him to experience. No, when Dr. King stood there and preached to that throng of 300,000 or however many there were, People who had gathered there, poor people would gather, and others who would gather on behalf of poor people. None of those people impoverished politically or financially, civically, or in any other way would have desired or chosen that lot for themselves, I'm sure. Who would not want to be able to pay their rent? Who would not want to be able to have food on their table? But there were many in that place who were unable to vote. Many in that place who were unable uh, to get a job, who were unable to live in a certain neighborhood, who were unable to go to a certain restaurant, who were captive, not by their choice. King realized that it takes a dream to break the night of this misery, of this poverty, of this brokenness, of this annihilation. The night of, of the night of self-centeredness, the night of pride and arrogance and egoism and egotism, the night of mind. The night of jealousy and hatred and racism and bigotry and envy. And all of that, it would take a dream. For some 20 years, Pastor Jim and others have prayed together for the presence of Jesus Christ to transform our cities. They have prayed and believed that the glory of the Lord would rise in the midst of the people of these people, of these cities. And those who embrace this dream as their own can see the dream. Can I get a witness? I'm going to repeat what the Spirit gave me. Those who embrace this dream as their own can see it. Into ethnic ministry, they can see it. Reconcile people transforming the culture of our cities, they can see it. The power of prayer, two or three agreeing concerning anything, and God moving. Hallelujah. If we embrace the dream, we can see it. We believe it. We live into the dream that we embrace. This dream is empowering to those who embrace it. It is this 
house is blessed privilege to embrace this dream. Hallelujah. 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 That's a pure word. It is this house's privilege to embrace this dream. It is your assurance. This dream is your assurance that this city will be delivered from the bondage of spiritual lethargy. Regardless of what people say or think, how foolish they might think our prophetic uh, demonstrations are, how foolish they may think prayer is, how foolish they may think trusting God is, how foolish they may think the things that God directs us to do are, it does not matter because when we embrace the dream of God and live into it, God will move at the appointed time. Whether he moves through you or you or you or someone beyond these walls is immaterial. Because the victory is not ours. The victory is the Lord's victory. The fight is not our fight. The fight is God's fight. The victory not ours. It is the Lord's. The dream is not ours. Pastors have not been smart enough nor good enough. But God in his faithfulness and wisdom and power and might, hallelujah, seeing the end of the thing before its beginning says at the appointed time I'm moving. And it is this house's privilege to embrace, hallelujah, and to see this dream come to fruition. It is your privilege to be assured that the cities of of Minneapolis and St. Paul, not just St. Paul, will be safe homes for our elders and our children. I know people are lamenting the three-year-old baby shot dead. And we lament so many horror stories and we would even think of the dream, the night, the night, the night, the night. The night has outlasted the dream. (laughs) There will not be a new day too far gone. Our children too far off. Our old people are too indifferent and apathetic. Our preachers are too removed from truth. We might think that, but God does not. Because God is on the throne. Hallelujah. A dream has power in the lives of those who embrace it. The psalmist characterized his community, that of his day, the people of Judah, as those who dream. More of us must embrace the dream that God has sent here. The dream that breaks the night of hopelessness that so many people feel. I heard these testimonies this morning. It's not insignificant. 
that we would take time in the fellowship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to bear witness to our humility and to our need and to our desperation for a God who loves us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to be transparent and, 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 and to pull back the veil and to allow, hallelujah, the prayers of the righteous to avail much on behalf of those who are suffering. It's not, it's not, it's not uh, uh, insignificant that God would raise that desire up here in this house. Hallelujah. Uh, because that is uh, uh, a, 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 a prophetic, uh, a prophetic uh, uh, picture of what is happening in our cities. There's so much pain behind closed doors. There's so many people living the lie. There's so many of us living lives of, of spiritual fraud uh, uh, where, we're, where, where, where we are pretending to be, where we, we wish we could be, but there is no substance of faith behind it. Uh, we have dreams and we have hopes and we have desires and aspirations, but it's not all desi it's not all designed by the great architect, hallelujah, of heaven, hallelujah. It's not all designed by the one who is all wise and all knowing and the one who gave his son, hallelujah, for the redemption of the sins of people through generations and the redemption of the cities of the world. No, no, it's not all consistent with the will and the way of God and the purpose of God. Sometimes we come up with things because it's politically expedient, because it's financially or economically expedient, because it seems to be the thing to do. It's a popular thing to do. But thanks be to God, there is a people who are not ashamed to do the simple things of God. Even the simple thing of being real and transparent. When a woman stands here and says, I thank God I could pay my bill. We need that same humility and spirit. What a vision, what a dream to have a community where we can trust each other so. Oh, my God. Each of us must embrace the dream. This is revival. We must see that the Spirit of the Lord is breaking the night of godlessness and releasing a day of revival. Some would say that God has already broken the night. Hallelujah. And I will say that indeed God has broken the night, but the dawn is awaiting our embrace of the dream. Because you cannot live into the future, hallelujah, if you don't know what that future is. We need to be clear about what God is saying. And we get that through prayer and by fasting and by persevering in faith and by being faithful to what God has shown us. And, 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 and then we will see God move, hallelujah. We're going to see God move in ways that are unmistakable. We don't have to wonder, is this the move of God? We won't have to wonder, is this the season? Because we will know, hallelujah, that God, who is God, has moved in this season in fulfillment of the dream that he gave. Hallelujah. As the writer said, the glory of the Lord will fill the whole earth. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, God. We must see that the Spirit of the Lord is breaking the night. And in this next phase of Bethel's journey of faith, 
Your revival dream shall become the dream of others. Because in order for the day of revival to dawn, the night of sinfulness that has bound our cities must be broken by the revival dream. A dream of restoration to humility. A dream of restoration to faithfulness and holiness. A dream of restoration to worship and adoration and sincere praise. God is sending you with this dream. Communicate that dream into the hearts of those who will receive it. Throughout the cities, the cry of the psalmist must ring out as it did long ago. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Hallelujah. We need to say when the Lord brought revival to the twin cities, we were like those who were now living into the dream, hallelujah, that we had seen in our spirit. We didn't know how God was going to do it. We didn't see. Some people thought it was going to be by getting the right candidate in office. Somebody thought it was going to be by putting the stadium in the right position. Somebody thought it was going to be by reforming public education. Somebody thought it was going to be happening by reforming public health. Somebody thought it was going to be happening through social uh, programs. Somebody thought it was going to be happening through the seminary. Somebody thought it was going to be happening through their own movement. Somebody thought it was going to be happening through, co- through common worship and, and, and large events. It does not matter, hallelujah, what people think. It matters what God says in his word and what God reveals by his spirit to his servants. And when the people of God embrace the truth of God, hallelujah, that's grounded in the word of God. For there is no other truth than God, hallelujah, will move in his appointed time. Because God is not a man that he would lie. And when God speaks, heaven and hell will obey I said when God speaks. But how can they speak? Except they've awakened and been sent. Hallelujah. This is the year. We already know that we've been sent into our cities. We know that. This is the season now to capture that dream that's grounded in the word of God, what Jesus is desiring to do as I prepare to close my message. We must be those who declare the word and who declare God's vision and dream by word and deed. We must be those This does not mean that God will not use anybody else. Let us not be foolish. (laughs) But as... (laughs) But God is speaking to this house today. Seven months from the 49th year. Of a dream that one man embraced. One man embraced this dream. How long will the people of God embrace it? The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me 
because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient cities, the ancient ruins, and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Hallelujah. We are the ones that are called to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord to those who suffer. Hallelujah. We are those today, seven years, seven months from the 49th year of that dream, to say, I will embrace the dream of God. Hallelujah. I will embrace the dream of God. Hallelujah. That, 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 that climaxes in that, in that beautiful chorus of praise, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, I'm free? No, we're free at last. That day is coming, hallelujah. I don't know how long it will take. I don't know how God is going to do it, but I do know this, that as we endure the night, as we acknowledge that we are in the midst of a night, as we acknowledge that, yes, there is a need for prayer, there's a need for fasting, there's a need for our face on the ground, there's a need to cry out in desperation to God, but in the midst of that night, hallelujah, we're called to allow the Spirit of God to speak to our hearts. Give us that dream, God, that you have. Let us not get lost in despair and disillusionment and cynicism and doubt. Let us not be as those who have no hope in a God who's alive. But let the Spirit of God come upon us that we will be those who will speak to those who are to be oaks of righteousness. Our children, our boys and our girls and the gangbangers and the the women on the street and the men on the street, those are the oaks of righteousness who have to rebuild this. They're the ones that God has. They're the ones that God has already said in his word that he will use. Hallelujah. I believe that is for our day. I believe that is for our cities. I believe that word is faithful. It was not only, hallelujah, the time of Isaiah because Jesus picked it up in Luke chapter 4. Hallelujah. And preached that same word. And in his, in his ascent into glory, hallelujah, he told us to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And to teach the things that he taught. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your dream, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness, oh God. Hallelujah for your word, oh God. That's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, God, for the dream that's in your heart. That you're communicating by your spirit. God, in this house today, Lord God, we want everyone into the, under the sound of the voice of your spirit, oh God. Hallelujah, to embrace your dream. That you're not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. Grant it, O oh God, that we receive your Son, Jesus, as our Lord and as our Savior. Yes, O oh God. Have your way, O oh God. 
we worship in you, we bless you, and we glorify you. We invite you to our lives, oh God, to have your way. Save us, oh God, and deliver us, oh God. Restore us and renew us, oh God. And we'll live into this dream and we'll live into, oh God, your purpose for us. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Several months ago, I heard somebody say, if you want your dreams to come true, you're going to have to wake up. This morning, we've heard a call to wake up, to embrace a dream that is bigger than any of our individual dreams, but a God-sized dream, a kingdom dream. And we're going to pray together right now to wake up. We're going to sing, open the eyes of the heart. And I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And if you want to come to this altar, this altar is open. And let's together invite the Lord corporately right now, right here, that He would open the eyes of our hearts that we might see. And we have heard a true word from the Lord today. Let us respond. Let us respond today. Step out. Come. Open your eyes. Ask Him. Ask Him right now. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. We're going to sing it corporately. Our. Lord Jesus, we stand here together before You this morning with a dream that You have birthed in our lives. And that dream, Lord, has been spoken of today so powerfully into our spirit. And Jesus, we want to say and be of those who say amen to your yes. Because all of your promises are yes. And to them we add the amen. So together we say amen. Amen. We say amen. Amen. We say amen. Amen. And now with open hands, open your hands if you would, to receive the benediction. Thank you, Father. We bless your name. Mm, I pray, standing before the Lord this morning, that you will be filled afresh and anew this day with the immeasurable love of God the Father. May the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son wash over your spirit today. May the inexhaustible strength and comfort, power and hope of the Holy Spirit lift you up as He holds you in His arms. And as you go from this house to yours, sent as bearers of this dream, disciples of all nations, I pray that His favor as a banner will be over your life and the life of those you touch. 
And until we gather again, either in this house or in our eternal home, I bless you, people of God. In Jesus' name. Amen.